Welcome to Event Up, the place where people enthusiastic about events stay in the know on the latest trends within the events industry. Live, hybrid, and virtual experiences. From virtual events to conferences, award galas, and everything in between. Here's your host, Amanda Ma. Hi, welcome everyone. Welcome to our State of Industry 2023. We're so excited to have you here today with us. My name is Sara Rosas. I'm the Business Development Manager at IMG. And here I have with me Amanda Ma. She's our founder and CEO. She's also a DI champion and a very active member of our community. So thank you for joining me today, Amanda. Yes, I'm excited to be here to have this conversation and share some of the trends with the audience. Absolutely. We'll be talking about uh, amazing information that we have prepared for you today, uh, insightful data and uh, some resources to better plan for 2023, your events, brand activations, conferences, and any other type of experiential marketing that you might have planned for this year. So without further ado, let's get started. A quick overview on what we will be talking about today. Um, we're very excited to share with you our State of Industry report. And uh, this report intends to be a very insightful guide for you to plan this year's events for your customer and employee audiences. We hope that you find it interesting and that it helps you make better and informed decisions and choices. And our intention always with this and everything else is to be your partner and help you your brand. We'll be talking about six trends today. These are not in any particular order uh, of importance. They're all important. They're all uh, very important to, to this year's happenings. Um, but uh, we will be talking about diversity DEI events. We'll be talking about food and beverage going green and sustainability, event tech, corporate retreats, human connection as a, as a key part of planning, and marketing events for lead generation. Our first trend, and this is a continuation from last year, of course, is DEI. DEI events are not new. This is not some new trend. Uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion is something that has been really important to the, to the world for many, many years. But DEI events are taking a new and more powerful strategy for this year. Each event uh, has its own purposes and goals, but weaving in a, a social cause or an awareness building effort isn't just nice to have anymore, it's uh, the welcome norm. So now nowadays community companies are going community, community focused, so make sure that we have a diverse representation and community group to be involved in every experience, both internal and, and external. Um, this is just to seek out and and improve our relationship within our customers, uh, database within our employees, our teams. We live in a diverse world and it's time for us to embrace it. Event teams are also seeking to spend their budget on more diverse um, suppliers and vendors. So making sure that that your team is fully equipped for those diverse vendors and, and network is very important for your planning. Companies that, as a benefit, that integrate DEI events into their yearly events, increase revenue, 
they increase profitability, they promote company culture, and they employee and they they improve their employee retention. So those are just a couple of benefits that we have from including DEI into our event uh, into our event grid for 2023. Now, as I mentioned a little bit previously, we're also talking about going diverse and going green on our on our strategy. So. Amanda's going to talk to you a little bit about event trend number two, which is food and beverage going green and how sustainability matters for, for our events. I think especially since we're coming back from virtual, right, people are starting to see again, like how some of the events, depending on how it's sourced, it can be really wasteful. So continue to think about solutions in terms of how to lower our events carbon footprint as well as reduce waste. And there's certain ways to also source, whether it's the vendors or the resources locally. So that's been, you know, that sustainability is coming back fast and furious. And that goes beyond just, you know, literal like waste and food. It's also sustainability for your company, right? So I think it's a, it's a bigger spectrum. We have met with many different and big corporations that are clients to talk about this um, along with DEI because these two are headlining and there's a reason why we're addressing those first. But also because the diet, you know, during the pandemic, a lot of people also change in their diet because consumers had to branch out when their options become limited. You know, so all these are being incorporated right now. Not only are we thinking eco-friendly meals as well as using vendors who uses you know, because even like compost, right? So using vendors who have those utensils that are compost friendly and just green to begin with, those are all additional ways that you could incorporate sustainability into your event instead of having water pitchers at the table. You know, I mean, water bottles, you have water pitchers, right? Or just water stations. We also have been doing that as well. And just a lot of time signages, we convert that from, instead of physical to digital. You know, we are leveraging a lot of these technology as well, like QR code, so that we're printing less paper and lowering our carbon footprint and just offering our client those advice as well. That is so true. And and I believe that this is not a trend. This is the new normal for most companies. Are, most companies are looking for um, creating less of a harsh impact on the planet and knowing about this strategies is only going to improve your events and any any other experience that you might have planned for this year another an next big trend uh is event tech 2.0 we call it 2.0 2.0 because tech has always been important even in events um this is not exactly a trend itself but we called it 2.0 because we really have to step it up from last year um, technology can provide not only a unique experience, but also improve the safety, accessibility, and performance of our events. Some cool tools that we've been seeing around are AI-powered live translation, which is really interesting. It talks about accessibility as well as uh, inclusion for everyone. Uh, we have the Google Starline demo, and, and, and it's verse, it, it is Versa. Um, app and some of the metaverse events, which are very, very interesting, and of course, being a trend since last year. So, the industry as a whole may do away with descriptions like virtual, in person, or hybrid, but regardless of the format, 
The objective is to develop a connective tissue within your community to grow that relationship between you and your audience and, and your employees and your target audience and your clients. So engaging that audience by their preferred means can help us understand and track behavior. So you can get a lot of important and insightful data just from having an event. We will be talking a little bit more about how can that lead to lead generation in marketing events, but making the process with your audience in mind through through technology can also help you improve your registration process accessibility like we mentioned before even the safety and uh, we've seen some apps that can even include a map so that people can find their conference room easier there's so many things and there are so many tools so uh, we're here to provide all this information to you and uh, design a unique experience for your attendee. Yeah, and then one thing, Sarah, we also talked about, right, in terms of sustain sustainability meets also tech, where a lot of hotels, you can actually check with the hotel now, like, do you guys have virtual check-in, right? It's all done via phone. You no longer need to go front desk, and all the requests is literally at your hands, and then even getting into a room, you just put your phone up against the sensor and it opens your room door It's super streamlined and yes like one car key you may think well how is that saving the planet but just think about when you know 30,000 20,000 like it adds up very quickly but also it's just that much more accessible and you know you don't have to walk front desk when there's a long line you literally just do it on your phone I just, I just that's one of you know the newer ones that I love and then my most recent experience was at the Vegas, right? When I went there at the Mandolin Hotel, they have that already. So, and I know many other hotels looking to branch out to do that as well. Yes, absolutely. So it's becoming more of a norm now and each company can adjust tech to their own needs and objectives, of course, but it is definitely something to think about whenever planning. Um, our next event trend, and I would love to hear from you, Amanda, is about corporate retreats. These as well are not new, but they're coming back and they're coming with a bang after the pandemic. So uh, what can you tell us about corporate retreats? First of all, we love corporate retreats here. <laughs> we definitely walk the walk the walk. You know, we also do corporate retreats here, but I think it's not. And why do we do that? Especially, you know, with the pandemic in the last two years, and some companies are still completely virtual while others are hybrid, right? Here at agency, we're hybrid and some, some of ours are remote. But I think it's very important where you continue to foster an environment for connectivity. And that's exactly what corporate retreat does in terms of this service. So it is very actually business oriented. I talked to a lot of corporation, you know, department heads and they say, well, we don't want to just to have them go and have fun. Right. So we always say it's not just about having fun. It is you have definitely need to incorporate that, but it's a balance between business and connectivity. You know, you can still go through is a great time where people are out of office, not distract, you know, not distracted by their email or meetings, but they're away from the office together in a different environment to foster that connectivity so that they can build closer relationship, build better communication and really come together at, and then build that big picture vision together or review that big picture vision together or 
you know, there's another client we work with that use that opportunity to talk about their values, you know, refresh their team members value, like why these are their five company values and why it's important, you know, and give people spy in in terms of the value. Um, in terms, and there's so many statistics out there, right? 65% consider corporate travel proof of their significance within the organization. And lots of other stats that I love that says it helped cultivate employee well-being when they're offsite. And company retreat can also help combat loneliness, which can reduce life expectancy by staggering 70%. That's a high rating. And this one's my personal favorite, where it boosts employee retention and then as well as just productivity. We actually finished several summits and retreat last year, and we had one client that told us before the retreat slash summit, their engagement and productivity was at 42%, but after it went up to 96%. So can you imagine like when your team is that much more productive, wouldn't they be serving your customers better? Wouldn't they be producing better results as well? So that's why that continue, the client continue to come back and want us to do it, right? So you may want to think about how you want to incorporate that. And we actually have a company retreat planning checklist for you guys that are tuning in. And if you didn't get to tune in, you could download the list on the state of industry. There's a click here button where you could actually download that tip sheet that you could leverage to, in terms of when you plan your company retreat, what to look out for, such as like a theme, a buy-in, and a lot of other fantastic tips that you can leverage to help set you up for success. And of course, if it's too much, feel free to reach out to our team. We always are happy to help. It's one of our favorite type of events to produce for our clients. I love those stats. I, I believe that, um hybrid the hybrid world is very very uh, interesting and it's definitely an improvement from uh, having people connect from further but we always are looking for that connection human to human right and that actually leads us to our next event trend which is human connection we always try to all events are about human connection. That's that's just it. We don't have events for just one person, right? Events are meant to connect people. Events are meant to um, make people feel things. So um, after two years of everybody being virtual or hybrid in some sort of way, um, the attendees are raising the bar. So in the beginning, just having basic Zoom events was good enough, right? And then we had Zoom burnout. And then we had uh, a virtual events 2.0 with a lot of creative and, and amazing activities to do virtually. But nowadays our audiences are raising the bar. They said, you know what, the lockdown is over. We need to step it up. We want experiences and we want events that really have that added value that provide something productive and positive your audience's lives so people want to see value in your event they will put time and effort to attend your event and put potentially even their money to so you have to succeed their expectations and to do that you really have to understand what they want when they want it and how they want it 
So building human connection is key to events in 2023 for sure. One really important point is to provide a unique experience that could be through tech, that could be through design, that could be through um, designing the agenda with wellness in mind. Wellness, of course, is very, very important. It will always be important for events, at least at IMG. We design agendas to make people happy, not to overwhelm and overwork anyone. Uh, so we still make sure that your agenda is packed with a lot of uh, good content, but without making it overwhelming. So having your attendee in mind can really make that experience a unique and productive experience for them. Another really important part of events is just leaving some room and space for people to mingle, to talk, to network, to talk to each other, to see each other in the eye. And people are looking to make those connections. So providing that space and that time in your agenda and your event is going to really be important for your audience this year. Those are some great and tips, you know, Sarah, with the trends, right? Especially, I love what you share about leaving some room for that connectivity. We've seen some clients that come with very ambitious agenda, but we say, when are people going to be able to connect, right? You really leave, need to leave room for that. But they, and then they will say, well, we don't want people to be bored, which is fair. And then, but we, you know, we look at it holistically and say they won't be bored because we will, you know, create some environment where they'll connect. And something naturally, they'll just all end up at the lounge area or the bar area. And they're, you know, because people walk away, you know, even at our own retreat, right, Sarah? Like, you guys were even sharing with me like, oh, I feel like I really got to know the team, even though we've all been working together for so long. But when we are in person, it's like, oh, my gosh, we realize, I don't know, Sarah can do this. Jose is really good at this, right? Something outside of business that we don't always get to see. So that's really fantastic. Absolutely. And naturally, people want to talk. And I've seen people at the end of conferences, you know, making plans to go have dinner together. And that's something that people are looking for. Um, and then something we've, we touched on previously on how to make your event productive, not only for your audience, but also for your objectives and your bottom line is marketing events. Marketing events um, as a lead generation strategy for 2023. Events are, have been proven to be great for lead generation. There's actually a stat by Forbes that says that it is one of the top three drivers of lead generation. And that's very, very interesting to look into. Events not only create lead generation, but also conversion for sales. They are a great source of data. Now, nowadays, most events are mobile or at least the registration is mobile. Like for this event, we used Eventbrite, which gives us great insight for our um, to have that follow up with our potential clients. And that's how attendees are choosing to attend. And we have a lot of great strategies to to increase your data, your potential client database and any other metrics. So many event platforms or just having that into your mindset can lead your team to receive accurate ROI, reporting, stats, even knowledge about what kind of content your audience is looking for. So a great way to ensure revenue and growth is to choose the right platform to understand your audience, to see uh, where and when they want to receive 
what information from you and to, of course, keep on engaging your audience because events actually support customer loyalty. So some of the features that we can look into whenever using tech and and uh, platforms for registration, for example, is cookie tracking, data collecting, ROI reporting, like I mentioned, and you can even use your event as a mini focus group and research opportunity. So look into your engagement data to improve your event and maximize your revenue. So I love everything that you said, right? And I think additionally, really think about it is a, especially in the United States, right? But we're based in Los Angeles, but we do events all over nationwide and internationally, but we see that events is a tool and especially, you know, our first, one of the first trend we talk about is DI. So people are also start opening up to other cultures, right? You're seeing even for those of you that are a candy lover, you see Sugar Fina, right? They don't just have sets for Valentine's Day, for Teacher Appreciation Day. They now have like a Lunar New Year set. That's for marketing reason, because now they could tap into this whole other market. And more and more, we're seeing brands do that. We just help it with another client do their Lunar New Year activation as well and building that experience. So one, that culture feel appreciated because they want to attract more people from that culture, right? Two is just to show a, you know, a diversity in terms of their company Right, because DI is not just internally, it's a lot of times also externally. People want to buy from brands that care about their specific group that are culturally friendly as well. So just wanted to also make sure we mentioned that too. Absolutely, and I love how we can just tie in all of the trends into uh, making sure that your audience feels welcome that they feel part of your community brands are not into fan into brand lovers anymore we're more into community so that's that's something that i i love to hear um so now we can move on i was mentioning that we put together some keynotes for your planning for 2023 um a lot of we hear a lot of trends for design, for events, for activations. There are a lot of trends, but how do I actually incorporate those into my event grid for 2023? We're going to give you um, four different points which are very important to us when planning, and we hope that these are very um, useful for you as well. The first one is event design versus event plan. We love quotes at AMG, and we found this one that's very, very, um, it talks about, um, Time is the currency of experience. So this really taps into what we were talking about, leveling up the experience, providing value for your for your customer and for your audience. And people are keen on making the most of their time. They're not willing to waste, just to waste their time together on the same place. They want to have that added value that we mentioned before. So to design instead of plan is to not overload your event, don't jump pack the agenda, let people connect, let people network and make it the purpose of your event. The world has changed and your event should too. The more, you're, the more human your event is, you're going to have a more successful, a better attendee rate. And um, your, if you design your event as if it were an experience rather than a day off, you're going to get so much more out of it. Um, the next keynote is to go where your people are. So 
understanding where your customer, where your audience wants to meet you at is going to help you um, create a more unique experience, an immersive experience. A few ideas for this are to make your event shorter. Conferences used to be from seven to nine. That was just a standard. Nowadays, you have to think outside the box. Why seven? Maybe maybe your attendee wants to arrive at nine. Maybe the commute is easier for them at six. So really forgetting what you know about events, about what is the standard can help you really design an event that's actually thought into your audience and, and about your customer. Making it better organized so that people don't have to suffer through registration so that people can actually have a great experience walking through the alleys and, and exploring your venue and um, reinventing your event. So that is those are a couple of ideas for meeting people where they want to meet you. The next one, as we mentioned, we're talking human to human, not B2B. Even for marketing events, we have to think about our audience as what they are, people, right? So creating those deep connections is going to be very powerful for your brand this 2023. Uh, Two-thirds of remote workers find it hard to connect virtually. So we talked about company retreats. But there are also any other uh, sort of events that we can do. Have, we have done employee uh, engagement events. And they are a great, great way for your team to reconnect, to stay focused, to stay all together, to debate, to develop, to have those brainstormings. We can only do that human to human. Even though it's a, it can be a virtual event, it can be a hybrid event, um, having that deep, deep connection always thinking about your audience as a human. And then a very, very important part of this year's keynotes is what real inclusion looks like. For us, uh, diversity is representation against dimensions like gender, race, and any other multicultural dimension. Inclusion, however, is regardless of your identity, regardless of your background, to make people feel included, accepted, valued, and respected. So having your audience in mind is having these things in mind. How can your audience feel that way? It's something intangible. So they're, basically, it's just having that intention when planning that's going to give you so many insights into making your event inclusive. We have a couple of ideas for you and a couple of strategies that we can share. In the event design, start thinking about how your attendees will access the experience. How will they get the agenda? Do they have email? Um, do they need a printed version? A any marketing material and the registration experience, accessibility is very, very important for people. And during your event, uh, understanding neurodiversity, making sure that everything is suitable for everyone, even from the materials, making sure that the color, that the font type is easy to read, and uh, also considering sight, hearing impairments, maybe asking these questions in the registration phase so that you can better prepare and equip uh, during the day off, making sure that people can choose correctly their pronouns, um, making sure that they feel respected and valued. 
This is optional, of course, not mandatory, but having just the option to include that can make your audience really feel heard and, and valued. Um, including more options than um, the, the binary, sorry, and any other preference that your audience might have for the day off. You know, as a new year come, every year we kind of invite ourselves to think, how do we level up from last year? Right. We get a lot of kudos for the job that we do and for what we accomplish together in our partnerships. But how do we level up? So we kind of go back, reframe and redesign and reshare so that we could prepare for the new year and really come and start off the year with a big bang and just set everybody in our community with success. Right. So and Sarah and I love doing the state of industry together is one of our favorite episodes to do because we know this is important right and then we're seeing a lot of trends and we're seeing what is working what is not another thing that you know we mentioned briefly as well is like wellness right which we could dive in a little bit deeper i see a question that's coming in for that so we'll address that in q a but thank you for sharing that you know i think sarah you hit you hit the bullseye <laughs> All right, um, then we'll transition to our impact report. We're very excited to be sharing this impact report. This is our first year to officially release this into the community of what it is that we have done. Um, and I know there's a lot of you that are joining us today. You also have your own impact report, but we just wanna share with the community how we also find ways to give back, right? Not only do we do fantastic events and work with top brands like Google, TikTok, and East West Bank, we also really think about how we can continue that cycle and be a com community for, be community oriented so that you know it's, it goes in full circle and pay it forward continuously. So how we have how we have created impact as a minority owned business is not only do we create jobs in the underserved underserved community as well as you know our team is actually very diverse. You know, just looking at Sarah and I, right? But even our bigger team, we have a whole team here. We're very diverse. But what's great about it is even we kind of really funnel that down into our suppliers as well. So our suppliers are diverse. So we're very proud of that. Diversity has always been part of our culture. And we don't always share that, but we are just being more vocal and sharing that with you as well. Another really good one is, you know, we started a grant program last year because we actually created a digital program to help some of our, to help some nonprofits, right? Our main target market is usually we work with corporations and that's our main community that we serve. However, we realized during the pandemic that there are all these nonprofits, they just don't have the resources to know how to produce a really awesome event. So we created that program and it does cost money, but then we realized, you know, we wanted to serve the community. Our mission was to help 1 million nonprofits out there. So if any of you know amazing nonprofit, let them know about our program. We have a grant program, which will basically provide that course for them for free. Another one is, you know, really incorporate the social impact, you know, with MLK, with the Asian Stop Asian Hate, there's so many things that are going on, even with the most recent incident. I think it's important that we stay together as a community and help support one another. And we really just utilizing our voice, not only within our industry, but really expanding to beyond that. So helping more and more people and utilize sustainability 
when we plan out events as well. So leveraging a lot more technology and ways to help reduce waste and lower our carbon footprint. And last but not least, support local, right? Not only just the local vendors, but even during you know, November, the team here locally and even our remote team, we all made not blankets for just the lovely animals because our agency happened to be right across from the Humane Society. So we made over, I think, 90 knot blankets. You know, Sarah made some really adorable ones too. And I know like Luis that's in the chat or even Jose and myself included. It was so fun. And then to see the animals use them, that just kind of warms our heart. So this year, we're actually planning to do something even bigger where not only our team, we're going to invite our partners, our clients to see if they also want to get involved. Who knows? Maybe we might be building some houses. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. I can actually attest to um, all of these efforts. It's really, really nice to be part of a community and I'm part of a company that is so community-based, community-oriented. Everything we do is um, with our principles and values in hand. So uh, it's exciting to be part of all this. And um, now we're going to step into a couple of questions that we have. Feel free to leave any questions in the chat box. We have a couple for you, Amanda. So the first one, as we mentioned, is with sustainability, how have events been handling reducing single-use plastics like uh, utensils, cups, plates, etc., but also trying to be safe without sharing touchable surfaces? That's a great question, and we do get that from time to time. I mean, first of all, we try to use more the reusable utensil, but there are times where, you know, like a lunch, especially at a company retreat or summit, where we just want to get people out of the ballroom or the event space, you know, so they could go out, get some vitamin D and get some sunshine or just eat under a tree, whatever that is. But then with that, then we usually coordinate with the venue or ask the venue, like, hey, who do you use for like, do you, are these plastic wear sustainable, right? And there's so many now, they used to come in a bundle where it has like napkin, knife, forks, and spoon, but also separating that because not everybody needs all three set. I know myself personally, sometimes when I get delivery, I probably only use the fork, right? And I understand, a lot of times that will go into waste. So how do you do that? Um, that's a great way to kind of just recycle. And then cups, you know, a lot of places are now encouraging, like bring your own cup where you can actually bring your own cup. Like we have our awesome Innovate Marketing Group cups. So I love bringing these sometimes to summits because also I have a cap. So this cup keeps my coffee or tea warm versus when I go to a conference, they have the regular paper cups and those just last like five minutes, you know? So those are another great way. Perhaps you run some promotions, say bring your own cup to the summit or company retreat or even whatever event that you're having and then you're giving out prizes, right? That just encourage people to be more sustainable. I love those and I have a follow-up question. So with sustainability, have more events been transparent with surplus food from the event being donated? It depends on the venue and depending on the state that you're in. So definitely we just encourage to have that conversation and build in that conversation, you know, and sometimes don't order so much just because you order, you know, we have, we do a lot of these large events or a thousand people, 3000 people, but you don't necessarily need to order. For example, 
lunch is for 3,000 people, but your dessert doesn't necessarily need to be for 3,000 people. Not everybody eat desserts, right? And then you could possibly have a combination of 50% fruit, 50% dessert, or like even less than that. Same with like some coffee is the one, coffee, tea, that is the one area we probably need more of. But when it comes to food, especially if you have a buffet, right, really look at that. And then when you negotiate your attrition too, think about that for your rooms, you know, but there's so many things that we can, that can help us reduce waste. And some catering it. company, oh, sorry, I was just going to say some catering company actually have partnership with homeless shelters that they would donate to. But again, that's very unique depending on the company. So it just build it into part of your conversation. Okay, now I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I feel like it, this is just having it in mind when planning the event, because of course, if you wait until the day off, uh, food cannot be processed properly. But um, I love that answer. Um, we have another one. We have a couple more. Um, with You mentioned using QR codes for sustainability. So uh, this person asks, with events using QR codes for programs, are they, are they still providing physical programs or going all digital? Another great question. So some clients will just get rid of the programs altogether. And then some of our cl clients will reduce the number of physical programs. So instead of having one program per seat, they'll do 50%, right? Because perhaps they have couples that are coming to the event together or that share. Because a lot of time, let's be honest, at the end of the event, there are a lot of programs left over, right? Not everybody wants to keep it. I'm the type of person that will keep the program, but I realize I'm unique and also I own an event management agency, right? So I definitely keep it for reference, but a lot of people don't take it, you know? Um, and then look at your constituents or who is attending the event. And sometimes we'll even create, and we'll just have, you know, some programs, if people wanted, they could grab it, but more so more QR codes and in more places, like reminding people. So we'll have large poster with a QR code and that could be repurposed as well as another signage, like small signage that could be in the program book or at the table, like in the middle, so people can see, right? There's so many ways to engage because the communication is still very important. Do not just get rid of everything. You know, we do remind clients that because at the end of the day, these are ways to kind of generate that call of action, right? Especially Sarah talked about lead generation earlier. Or is maybe you want to increase your membership or your events, or maybe you want to engage your team members further. We use QR codes a lot, right? We use them strategically, though. And that's something as we plan in the very beginning, we talk about the strategy of the event. So it's not just always a fun experience. We really talk about your goals and KPIs as well. So uh, what are your top tips for neurodiversity, inclusion and accessibility in events? You want to take this one, Sarah? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, like we mentioned, um, there are a lot of tech um, strategies that you can take, a lot of um, tools that you can have. One is live translation for people uh, who may speak a different language or are even um, hard of hearing or um, with sight impairments. So using technology is definitely one very important one. The second strategy we would recommend is asking the right questions to the right people. We had the opportunity to work with a a foundation that 
serves and caters to um, the blind community. And even though we have a very diverse team, we could never understand the special and uh, requirements that are needed to provide an ex an exciting and and inclusive event. So we actually partnered with a, a nonprofit organization that specializes in advising and consulting for events and for uh, corporations. So definitely asking the right people the right questions is going to ensure that your event is inclusive and um, that makes everybody safe and and uh welcomed so those are two main big ones that i would recommend and i would say you know for those of you that are early more early on in your journey and your corporation that's or organization that's planning kind of incorporating dei efforts or inclusivity efforts like don't just try to accomplish everything so much at once right our recommendation is you know, take it step by step. Maybe this year you hit three goals or three community and next year you add another one. So we have one client like that where last year we helped them with their DI series in terms of to enhance inclusivity for three of the groups. And this year we're going to double that, right? But we're planning always at the beginning of the year what that lineup looks like, what those experiences look like and what the KPIs are, right? So then it's very intentional. And the goal of these series also is to make sure they could build on each other. So it's not a one-off like, okay, we do this one event, we check the box. It's no longer just about that. We wanted these event series to really be able to, like I said, build on each other, sometimes even leverage each other and then build that momentum too, right? So by the end of the year, the client sees the results internally and externally. These are great questions. Wow, the I love how engaged the audience is today. And there's a lot of great comments in the chat as well. I think, you know, really at the end of the day, think about what it is that you guys want to accomplish for your events and how you want to incorporate into setting that, you know, your mark for 2023, right? So I saw a question about 2024. I'm like, let's get to 2023 first. No, just kidding. <laughs> but this is really great. Great questions. Awesome, thank you. I think those are all the questions that we have for today. Uh, we're very, very grateful to be here with you today. If you have any further questions or any other, um, anything else that you want to run by us, please email us. Our email, my email is Sarah, S-A-R-A, at innovatemkg.com. Feel free to reach out anytime and uh, we will make sure to um, have you set up and prepared for 2023 events so thank you for joining us today thank you amanda for for um sharing all your knowledge and expertise with us today and uh we look forward hearing from you thank you everybody happy new year thank you for listening tune in next time on event up